At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. This Christmas season, we invite you to look deeper into the incredible covenants God made with His people in Scripture. Tune into our current series, Gift Wrapped, From Longing to Lavish, to discover God's unwavering promises to meet the ultimate longings of our heart and ultimately renew our hope with the brilliant truth of the gospel. Good morning. You know, uh, when you evaluate what we've seen in the past year, it seems like we've all experienced the same thing. We, we think life is going one way, and then it turns out that we're actually experiencing something completely different. Does that sum up your 2020 at all? You think life is moving in one direction, and then you find it is moving in the opposite direction. Things change. Things come at us rather quickly. And this happens in all different areas of our lives, doesn't it? It happens when we get called into the boss's office for that conversation. It happens when we sit down to have that DTR conversation, that define the relationship conversation with the person we care about. It also happens when we go to the mailbox. You get one of those envelopes from the college of your choice, whether it says we welcome you or we don't. If 2020 has shown us anything, what it has shown us is that there are unexpected things in our lives. Some of those things are discouraging, aren't they? Others just leave us in that position of questioning. We're confused. And still other times those unexpected things are blessings in our lives. Now, the reality is when we experience that, when we experience those questions, when we experience those negatives and even those blessings, oftentimes we are left asking, well, what should we do next? I mean, really, wh where should we go? Who on the path, who on the journey of life can we trust? Well, today we're going to be looking at a passage of God's Word that guides a group of people who were in that exact situation. What they thought they were experiencing, everything changes for them. They have experienced the unexpected. And we're going to dig deeply into their story and why it actually matters for you and for me. But before we do that, let's pray together. Gracious God, it's a privilege to be here with your people. It's a privilege to sing your praises. And yet, God, as we walk in these doors, many of us are wondering what comes next. Because 2020 seems very confusing. There's a lot of things coming at us, and we just don't necessarily know what to expect. And so, God, in the midst of the wondering... In the midst of the questions, in the midst of those things that we walk out in our lives that are negative, and even those times that are blessings, would you guide us today as we examine your truth? God, we acknowledge that your word is truth, and it has everything we need to practice holiness, to experience more of you, and to live out our faith in our daily lives. So, God, would you empower us through your Spirit today to have eyes to see the truth of your Word, 
to hear the truth that is found on its pages, and then the boldness and the courage that it will take to live out this truth in the midst of the unexpected. Empower us today, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this morning we are continuing our gift-wrapped Advent sermon series as we are examining five specific covenants that God has established with His chosen people. Now, remember, a covenant is that lifetime commitment initiated and established by Almighty God. It is that bond of life and death that's established and rooted in the very character of Almighty God. And so, in the first couple of weeks of the series, we have looked at the Noahic Covenant, where God promised Noah and his offspring that he would never destroy the earth by a flood ever again, and that we can, in fact, trust him. Then last week, we looked at the Abrahamic Covenant, where God promises to bless Abraham and his offspring, and then to bless the world through those people. That's the Abrahamic Covenant. And this week we come to another famous commitment shaped by God's love and grace. It is the Mosaic Covenant. We're going to dig into the Mosaic Covenant here, so I want to encourage you, grab your Bibles. We're going to be looking at the book of Exodus, specifically chapter 19. Exodus 19, you're going to find that on page 60 in our church Bibles. We are going to be reading the words from verse 1 down through the end of verse 6. On the third new moon, after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They set out from Rephidim and came into the wilderness of Sinai, and they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain. While Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel. Here it comes. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples for all the earth. All the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. Church, I want us to be mindful of the unexpected that has just happened to this specific group of people. We enter our world and we can look around and say there's a lot of unexpected things happening in 2020, but I want to take you back and kind of enter into the story, enter into the narrative just a little bit. Just three months earlier, the Israelites were spared from captivity in Egypt. That happened just three months earlier. About three months earlier, they were separated from the land that they knew. And just three months earlier, they had witnessed one of the most amazing things in human history. God parting the Red Sea. There's walls of water on both sides, and they walk through the Red Sea to escape 
to their freedom. That's what they have just experienced. That's the unexpected in their lives. And now we get to the point where they reach the mountain of God. And it is at this mountain, Mount Sinai, that God gives His people, through the voice of Moses, clear direction. He gives them clear guidance. Through Moses, God says, I have an amazing love for you, and I have plans for you. Now, to be sure, they were unexpected plans. And I want you to know those plans would change their lives forever. Forever. So let's dig a little bit deeper and see exactly what I mean. We're going to look at uh, Exodus 19. We're going to pick it up at verse 2. So they came into the wilderness of Sinai and they encamped in the wilderness. There they camped at the base of the mountain while Moses went up the mountain and he went up to God. And the Lord called him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel. He says, I'm going to give you the words that you should say to my people. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore on eagles' wings. I bore you on eagles' wings and I brought you to myself. That would be enough right there. And yet he goes on. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. Church family, I love this text because it shows with great clarity the order of how God works in your life and in mine. It is the order of how God does things in our world. God acts. God does something significant, and then we are called to respond. God moves, and then we respond in faith. That is how God moves and works in the lives of men and women throughout Scripture. God moves and man responds, and that's exactly what we see here in our text. God is the one who did something significant. God is the one who destroyed the Egyptians and brought them to safety. And now, He, He desires a faithful response from His people. He moves, man responds. That's true in the time of Moses, and that's true in our time today. But the question that we must ask is, well, why should, why should I respond in faithfulness? I mean, I see that he was faithful to the Israelites, and sometimes they were faithful, and more times they were not. But what does that have to do with me? Why should I respond? Today's text, Exodus 19, actually gives us three reasons that you and I can respond and should respond in faithfulness. And the first one is that God saves His people. God saves His people because He treasures them. <laughs> you see, we know this because God has already saved His people physically from tyranny. God has provided food for them in the desert. 
He protected them from foreign armies. As we read the story of God's people, He's done all of these things. He saved them in practical, tangible ways. He miraculously provides water for them for the journey as well. And now, perhaps more significant than anything He's done to this point, you know what He says? He says, I brought you to Myself. That is God moving. He is bringing and drawing a people to Himself. Now, I want you to know that this is not merely bringing them to the base of Sinai, which, by the way, was awesome in and of itself. We've already talked about the walls of water. You've seen the movie. You've got the pictures in your mind, right? He's already done that. And then He says, I want to enter into a covenant with you. I want you to be my people because I treasure you. Because I treasure you, I want you to walk in faithfulness. I want you to walk in covenant faithfulness because I treasure you and I desire, God says, that you would treasure me in return. Every single person here understands that, don't we? I mean, really, who among us does not want to be loved by the people that we love? Who among us? I mean, if I love someone, I desire that they would love me in return. Is that your experience? Please tell me it is. Who among us does not want to give love and with the hope that it's coming back? We're talking about a spouse, a parent, a child, friendships. Our desire is to be loved by those we love. And this is the desire that is similar to the covenant-keeping God that we are looking at in today's text. He saved them because He loves them. He saved them because He treasures them. You know how we know this? We know this because of the season that we're in right now, the Advent season. A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that Advent is the coming or the arrival, the arrival of the Christ child, of a holy, righteous little baby who entered our sin-stained world to redeem us, to restore us to give us life. And I want you to know He didn't do that because He didn't love you. God did not do that because He didn't love you. He did it because He does love you. That's why He sent His Son. The Father did not send Jesus because He was desiring to shun you and hurt you and cast heaviness upon you. He sent His Son because He treasures you. And He wants you to be part of His covenant family. He desires that you would treasure Him as well. Believer, you, our God's treasure. As you and I experience this reality, and for some of us, I know that is not easy. What I just said to you, you have a hard time wrapping your mind around. You know the 
the darkness that is sometimes in your past. It's hard to grab a hold of what it means to recognize that God loves me and treasures me. But Scripture says it's true. The Word of God says it's true. Through faith in Christ, God's covenant people are then invited from that position of treasure into something more. We're invited into something more. Let's look back at our text. We're going to look at the first portion of Exodus 19.6 to see what I mean. He says, and you... You shall be to me a kingdom of priests. There's more to verse 6, but we're going to stop right there. You shall be to me a kingdom of priests. What God is doing in this portion of the text is He is inviting His covenant community into His glorious work. He's inviting us to participate. Those God treasures, He now equips to do His kingdom work. And that leads us to our second reason that you and I can walk in covenant faithfulness because God equips His people. God equips His people to serve and to minister. First, He saves us. And then He equips us. You see, what God is giving the Israelites here through Moses is is a high and lofty calling. And rather than simply being recipients of that grace, it's wonderful to experience the love and the grace of God. We can receive and kind of soak in that all day. And yet what the reality of Scripture teaches us is that there is more. God equips and He empowers His people to participate in His work. Here's what one theologian, here's what he says. He says, they were not to be a people unto themselves, enjoying this sort of special relationship with God and paying no attention to the rest of the world. Rather, they were to represent Him to the rest of the world in the attempt to bring the rest of the world to Him. To Him. You see, God has called His people out of Egypt because He loves them. And because He loves them, He desires to get them involved, get us involved in His work so that we might be a blessing to all peoples on the earth. Now, any parent in the room knows exactly what this experience is like. Whether the task is baking a cake washing the car, fixing something around the house. You can do it better and faster if you do it by yourself. Am I right? But parents, we don't do it by ourselves, do we? We want our little one by our side, don't we? Why? Because we love them. Because we love them, we desire to be with them. But more than that, we want them to grow up to be a blessing to others. Church, this is a shot of my little helper putting lights on our tree outside of our house when we lived in Colorado. That little four-year-old boy right there is now 17 years of age. He serves in many places at our church. In fact, right now he's serving in our kids' ministry. 
But the reason I brought him out there and he helped me with the lights on that Christmas tree was because I love him and because I want him to grow up to be a blessing to others. Now, this year, I'll tell you, we put lights on the tree outside of our house, and he did most of it. He was a blessing (laughs) to his parents and to others. You see, God loves us, and because He loves us, He equips us for His purposes, and He invites us into His work. He starts with freedom. That's what He's done for the Israelites. He's given them their freedom. He's brought them to the promised land, and then He empowered them to show the world that He is good. God is so good. But today, God equips believers a little bit differently, doesn't He? For those of us who are in Christ, He has given us the Holy Spirit to guide us and to lead us into the calling that He has for each one of us today. So whether you are a builder or a pilot, whether you are in sales or you are in technology, whether you are a teacher or someone in vocational ministry, if you have experienced the love of God in Christ, He has empowered you. He's blessed you with His Holy Spirit. You've been equipped by the covenant-keeping God to bring glory and honor to Him, to draw other people to Him. Ephesians chapter 2 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You and I are then called to walk in the things that God has prepared for us. I love the way First Peter captures it as well in chapter 4. It says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's various grace, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything, in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So, believer, let's let's bring this off of the pages and into our own lives. How are you using your gifts? God has gifted you. He has equipped you. How are you using your gifts to build His kingdom? Are you investing in the lives of others for gospel purposes? Or are you doing things for self-interest? You see, God has invited you into His work. So, believer, may I encourage you, if you are a follower of Christ, lean into His purposes for your life. Lean into what He has called you to do and who He has called you to be. Step into your calling. Church, I say that not out of guilt, 
but on the firm foundation of who Jesus is and who our covenant-keeping God is. He loves you, and He has equipped you to be part of His work. It's time that we step into our calling, every single one of us. Step into your calling. Now, let's look at the final portion of today's text. Exodus 19, the second portion of verse 6. He says, And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. You shall be a kingdom of priests to me, and you shall be a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak, Moses, to the people of Israel. Friends, God doesn't simply draw people to Himself to save us and to treasure us, and He simply doesn't draw us to equip us. He also brings us into something very special. God unites His people. God unites His people specifically into a covenant and holy community. You see, the words in this page were a bit shocking, actually. God is calling a group of immigrants a holy nation. How can this be? I mean, really, how can you evaluate this group of people and how in the world can they be called a holy nation? What is the significance of that? What He's doing is He is forming them into a community to live out their calling, to be a blessing. And this is the next, this is the next move of God's plan for His people, for His covenant people. You see, what we've seen today in the text is actually part of God's greater fulfillment of what happened in the Abrahamic covenant. He says, I want you to be a blessing to others, and here He is saying, I'm going to give you guidance and direction, and that's going to come a little later on in 19. As you keep my covenant, I'm going to give you a new identity, calling you to a new way of living. You see, God's people are chosen. That means they're treasured. God's people are equipped. And God's people are called into a unique community. You see, these are the people who are called by God to respond in faithfulness and to respond in obedience. That's you and me if we are in Christ today. The law of God that would give Moses guidance a short time that is going to guide and direct God's people. And that law, known as the Ten Commandments, certainly proved to be a stumbling block for God's people throughout the Old Testament. If you've read anything after Exodus, you know that the story is one of stumbles and trips and falls and getting up and turning away repeatedly again and again and again. You see, the people of God, their faith wandered. They couldn't live up to the law that's coming just a few verses later. And so, therefore, they couldn't fully keep this covenant. God invites them into this covenant. He says, I love you, I'm going to equip you, and you're going to be part of this awesome community. And yet, God's people failed, much like you and I fail. I simply cannot keep the Ten Commandments because I'm a sinner, and so are you. But I've got good news. 
I've got good news as I stand here today. This is why we celebrate Advent. This is why the Advent matters to you and to your life right where you are, in the midst of the unexpected, born in a manger, born of a virgin, born as a sacrifice, Jesus. Jesus the Christ was sent to our world to fulfill the covenant requirements, and He did it. He lived a holy and perfect life. He was the one who kept the covenant. You see, by living a sinless life, a covenant-fulfilling life, Jesus provided the way for you and for me ultimately to be saved by God's grace. Through faith in Jesus, God saves you and me out of darkness and into His marvelous light. But church, in Christ, we're not just saved. We are not just saved. We are a chosen race. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Why? that we may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called us out of darkness and into that marvelous light. Woodside, may we be a people. May we be a people who proclaim this truth during the Advent season and in January and February and March and in the year ahead. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's Word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head over to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.